everybody. Happy Wednesday. Welcome back to Aces Up the Sleeve. I'm Patty, co-hosting with the co-managing partner of Pocket Aces Racing, Jared Shoemaker, or Par, for the quick reference. And we are back today with our, kind of like a track highlight, I guess. We're going to talk about the fairgrounds and, um, you know, Pocket Aces Racing. We've had some some good results down there from what I've been, you know, from what we heard from our interview with Steve, it is a good time and it's a, it's a fun place to be. Um, but before we kind of jump into that, Jared, how are you doing as we bear down on the holidays? Well, I have not yet started shopping. Oh. Um, and it is, um, <laughs> we are recording this here on December 18. And uh, again, I have not, I, actually, I have one small present uh, for Scarlet, and that is all that I have done. So um, I have got to get my hind in and gear uh, starting tomorrow because I'll be spending all the rest of the day getting out the updates and everything. So uh, before we get into too much, I want to apologize for uh, our, we did not have an episode last week, and that's 100% on me. I kind of completely lost track of, uh, I was extremely busy and family in and out, and um Lost track of where we were. Thought I had thought we had an episode in the can, uh, as they say, and we did not. Um, you know, so uh, with everything that I had going on here, got a niece that's moved in with us. She's uh, staying with us for a little while. She's moved to Lexington and she's starting up uh, her own business. Uh, so anybody in the Central Kentucky area that is interested in you know permanent makeup, you know the the eyeliner tattoos and lip liner tattoos and all that stuff, keep an eye out for golden golden ratio aesthetics coming soon. Uh, somewhere here in town. We aren't sure where yet. So I've been helping her out, uh, getting her business started and up off the ground and that sort of thing. So just kind of lost track of where we were, what we had in the can, and we missed our episode last week. And that's 100% on me. Lost track of uh, just where we were. So back on track this week, and uh, hopefully we won't let that happen again. No. I mean, and it, it, it's one of those situations where you kind of realize it and you're like, oh, my God, we don't have anything. <laughs> and I didn't even think I didn't even realize what happened until Thursday. So um, quite frankly, uh, just anyway, it's fine. It's, it, it happens. And uh, luckily, you know, what we're doing is not, uh, you know, nobody's life's depending on it. So uh, again, back on track today. Sorry for the little miscue. And uh, hopefully we'll well, hopefully that won't happen again. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so we'll let's let's go ahead and and then roll into. I know, but you know, we were talking kind of before we started recording that you have some updates. We have some entries that we have to talk about. Um, so let's go ahead and, and roll into those. I know we have a couple really exciting entries as well that uh, I'm sure partners will be looking forward to. Yeah, you know, we've got um, obviously just you know this week uh, on the twentieth, so on Wednesday we've got. Uh, uh, race up in Mahoning Valley with Bodie's Rose. Hopefully, get her back in the win column. Uh, you know, she's kind of struggled a little bit for most of this year when she's been on the track, you know, but she's she seems to be rounding back into form, training great. Um, we got a little bit of availability in her. Uh, if anybody's listening for um, uh, our individual that's uh, having some issues with the family and, and and needs to sell some shares, so we got a little bit uh, in her, uh, and uh, she looks like she's. Placed pretty well in this non-winners three claiming $10,000 with a $19,000 purse and hopefully get her back on uh, on track. And then we got It Factor, who's been away from running for a little while, just uh, dealing with a few little, you know, just uh, nagging, small, minor issues. None of it serious, not just enough to keep her from really being able to be at her best. Uh, but she's been training the lights out and she's going to go at Turfway Park in race four on on. 
uh, Wednesday night. So tonight, uh, for those listening to it on release day. And then uh, microphone gets back into action on Friday, hopefully uh, back um, to the microphone that we're used to seeing, uh, still kind of inexplicable to what happened uh, the last out other than, you know, his liver, liver enzymes being completely out of whack uh, following that race. So uh, he looks good. He's healthy. He's gotten a you know, 100% clean bill of health. Uh, all those enzymes and everything look good and blood work looks good. So hopefully get back to running like we're used to seeing him run. <clears throat> and then I think everybody's quite excited uh, for Saturday. Uh, we got double neat also at the fairgrounds and a maiden special uh, going to go stretch him out to nine furlongs uh, in his second start. I, I think uh, the, the, the distance should not be a problem. He looks like a type that ought to be able to run, uh, run quite, quite long. So uh, he looks, he looks in a, to be in a good spot and hopefully fingers crossed uh, Irish aces will be able to draw into the tropical park derby at uh, the at Gulfstream park on, uh, on, on Saturday, late Saturday afternoon, early evening. Uh, just need one, need one to scratch and um Hopefully that that uh, that will occur and we can get in and get a stakes win for Mr. Irish Aces. Yeah, and he was, you know, he was so impressive in that in his um, his most recent or his last out. I think it was at Keeneland was when we last mm. saw him. And win it's at all, Keeneland, yep. Yep, and it's all, I mean, it's always a good day when you win at Keeneland. But, I mean, he won impressively. Like, and these groups are, they're salty at Keeneland, especially the allowances. And, you know, he, he ran like a horse who, who knows he's going places. So he's, he's yep. a cool horse. Absolutely. So, um, yeah, just hope, hopefully we can get him in. If not, there's an allowance race, uh, I think on January 3rd that we'll probably look at, uh, but ideally, uh, we'd like to see him run on Saturday. It's a tough race, but what do you expect? Yeah. It's a, it's a stakes race at, at Gulfstream park. It, it's going to be tough, but, uh, yeah. in the winter, especially. So anyway. Yep, and that's uh, that's the trop tropical park derby. So last chance to get him in against uh, uh, horses three years old, and none of them, you know, not not older. So uh, hopefully, hopefully that all works out. Um, you know, I mentioned the special availability. We still got some and uh, some of those horses uh, for the one partner that, uh, that that's needing to needing to um, relinquish some of his his shares and his financial obligations. Um, guys, I know. Uh, you've see, probably seen the emails on these. There are some tremendous opportunities uh, for really, really affordable prices. Uh, maybe you need a last minute Christmas gift for somebody. Mm -hmm. um, I can have that certificate of ownership and, 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 and hat and everything, all the little care package. I can have it to you um, overnighted and, and hopefully in your hands by, by well before Christmas. Uh, so if, Maybe you know, again, we got we got a lot of opportunities, and and hey, if you want some, if you're if you're not a partner already, you're just listening, you're a fan, and you want some instant racing action. We got Bodie's Rose, It Factor, both going to run this week. Uh, some promising two-year-old geldings that uh, once they come off of the, you know, get back from their little uh, their their little injury issues, uh, they'll be fine. And then the yearlings, um, I mean, we just. We we just keep hearing nothing but good things. And, and granted, it is so so early that they haven't been asked to do much yet. But um, they're just gushing at, at both at Silver Springs and at uh, and at Margot about how these yearlings are coming around. And Mark and I were talking the other day, and he's like, "Dude, 
2024 is going to be the best year we've ever had. He said, if all these horses can stay healthy, and yes, that's a big if, uh, but if, if these horses stay healthy, it's going to be the biggest year we've ever had. And and we've had some good years, so I, I think that's yep. saying a lot. But we'll, we'll get into that more with our um, with our 2024 preview in the first part of January. Uh, yep. We'll get Mark on and, and maybe some other folks on. We'll try to talk to him about uh, about what we're what we're looking forward to. So, well, and we're take also, a look at some of those yearlings. Yeah, and you know we're also going to be doing some you know some of the kind of the behind I guess it's behind the scenes for me because people don't see me all that much anymore. Yeah. Um, but you know we're also going to be we're going to be tinkering with with the podcast we're going to be playing with some new formatting we're going to take a dive and see how much you want to see our ugly mugs on screen and do the video podcasts <laughs> so um you know we're we're it's exciting like the horses we're we're very hopeful for our stable in 2024 next year um kind of as mark had said it you know it, it if everybody stays healthy it's going to be an incredible year anyway um but we like to think that our that our partners always have um have a good time as a pocket aces racing partner. So we're just looking forward to keeping the ball rolling and just having a good, good year. Absolutely. And, um, we'll, we'll, we will again, uh, in the first part of the first episode of 2024, we'll probably mm -hmm. do a quick recap of, uh, of what 2023 was. And it's been a good year so far. We, and we were going to actually record that today, but like, so we got five races this week yep. and we expect to have a couple more uh, next week. And yeah, I just thought, you know what, let's just wait. Let's just wait on that year end recap until the year is actually over. And we see if we can break a few Break a few uh, records for our annual uh, you know, annual records that, that we've that we've achieved over the years. So, which I think uh, we've got several that are very, very well uh, within reach. So, okay, very cool. Got some milestones ahead of us. <clears throat> awesome. So let's then let's go ahead because you briefly mentioned that we have a couple horses who will be racing at the fairgrounds. Um, mm -hmm. So why don't we actually dive into our fairgrounds topic here? And we have a couple different i guess um like overarching kind of themes we're gonna we're gonna branch on but um why don't we start i guess kind of with like a background for the fairgrounds since you know some people mm -hmm. might not know what we're talking about it kind of sounds a little deceiving you hear fairgrounds you think of something else other than a racetrack <laughs> um so we can just we can kind of start with like a fairgrounds background and then we can talk about something um that i think is is a very cool setup it was, it's called the Breeders' Cup for Claiming Horses. It's called the Claiming Crown, and that recently ran at the fairgrounds as well. And that's actually a very cool event that I'm probably going to touch base on and talk about a little bit. So, um, but why don't we start with that kind of a background and a, a little history on on the fairgrounds, if you would? Yep. So fairgrounds, um, we talked a little bit about it as Patty mentioned earlier when Steve was with us. Steve Margolis was with us uh, uh, in a previous episode. Uh, but uh, something that many of uh, many people probably don't realize is that uh, the fairgrounds has been active and been running they've been running race races there since 1838 yeah. it is the second oldest active racetrack in the country behind um i think it's called freehold it's a it's a it's a harness track uh mm -hmm. which is the oldest and then uh you know so so the fairgrounds is actually it's it's been around longer than saratoga it's been around longer than Belmont and Churchill Downs and much longer than Keeneland. Um, so it, it, it's been a, a major fixture in North American racing uh, for 
closing in on 200 years. Uh, you know, it's so basically we're talking 185 years right now that the fairgrounds has been op operation. Uh, so it's, um, you know, interesting enough, the first meet was all of uh, five days uh, in April of eight, uh, April of 1838. So it was a very short meet. Um, but uh, yeah, it, it's, it's been around a, a very, very, very long time. Um, you know, it's got some major races in the, um, like the triple Derby crown. Prep. Yeah. You say the triple yep. crown season calendar. It has quite a few prep races. Yep. And then, and, and there's always races that are, you know, horses that come out of those, those triple, those, uh, fairground, uh, prep races that, uh, that tend to make a big splash on, on the Derby trail and throughout. So I, you know, unfortunately I have not been amazingly, I have not been to, fairgrounds but I'm, I'm hoping very much that i can get down there sometime soon uh perhaps even this year yeah i i've heard sometimes like i've sometimes i feel like it depends on on who you talk to and when they went but i have heard like especially during like the derby kind of prep season and i feel like a lot of places kind of really really get i want to say lively i guess during prep season and mm -hmm. i have just heard that like the fairgrounds new orleans during prep season is an absolute just carnival like it is so fun it is so just kind of like out of just out of this world it's an experience that's why the way i've heard it described as is oh like, absolutely it's an experience yeah because you know you've got the lecomp that kicks off that that's in kind of mid to late january it's a grade three dirt race and you know that's 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 a pretty major early derby prep um and then you've got um the uh, risen star that is in february so it's usually right in the right around um, um mardi gras oh yeah uh, that's right that, it is mardi gras. Off. so you've got the, the biggest you know one of the biggest parties in the country that lasting for i don't know however long that lasts um <laughs> and then and then the louisiana derby in in march so you've got three major major prep races and uh, you've also got uh, for for Phillies. You've got the the Rachel Alexandra, so mm -hmm. you know it also helps kick off not just the um, you know Derby triple Derby prep races, but uh, it also you know major factor in the in the Kentucky Oaks uh, preps as well. So you know, and in, in addition to that, you've got a, a couple of other uh, you know major horses there. You got the or races there at the Fairground Oaks, another one for the for the Kentucky Oaks. Uh, the fairgrounds handicap, the mine shaft handicap for older horses, uh, the New Orleans handicap for older horses. Um, so just a, a lot of you know, good, strong graded stakes mm -hmm. races. No grade, no grade ones this year. Doesn't look like the Louisiana Derby's grade two, despite yep. the million dollar purse. Uh, but um, you know, and then there's a whole slew of listed uh, yeah. stakes races down there as well. I'll be honest with you, though. I think people cry a little less harder that it's a that it's a grade one it's not a grade one despite the million dollar purse i think as long as they make the derby field i think it can be forgiven <laughs> yeah certainly I, you know that that's the key the the points are what really matters but the, yeah. there's a lot of points on offer at the fairgrounds and uh, mm -hmm. I, th I think it's a it's an overlooked track i think a lot of times and especially you know during the winter season and um it's just uh it's like I said, like we've talked about Steve, you know, it's a, it's a track that we've run a lot of horses at over the years and we've done, we've done really, really well there. And, um, you know, for me, I think probably the, the most exciting 
I don't know what the most exciting because we've had some pretty exciting ones, but yeah. uh, uh, Aces High, Aces High's uh, maiden breaking win down there really stands out to me because he won. I'll pull up the chart right now. It was a day after Christmas uh, in 2014, and uh, oh, the chart's not coming up. But anyway, he won by just an insane margin and just just walked away, ran away with the race, and made it look easy. And um, uh, that that's one that stands out to me as one of my favorite races uh, uh down there so yeah well and it's i think i mean i obviously you know as many partners already know of, but you know maybe some of our newer listeners who are kind of jumping in at the end of the year might not know i came on significantly later so i haven't been here for all of the pocket aces history some of the interesting like kind of races for me especially on like the lead up to like the to a better career and we talk about her all the time but it's like it's temple city terror for me like a lot of her i think she had what like one or two down there where, where she, she came pretty close i think to eventually breaking in, her maiden yeah she she ran she started down there her first yeah. race was at the fairgrounds okay. and she ran well um but, you know, she's still kind of trying to figure out things. So, but that's where she did get started. Uh, her first stakes races were at the fairgrounds. Uh, right. She ran credibly, uh, uh, but, at, you know, at distances that were too short for her. Uh, yep. But it started to kind of show us a little bit of, of what we had yep. in her. Um, so, you know, it was obviously oh, a, yeah. a great place for her. It was a great place for 19th Street. Mm-hmm. Um, who, who went on to be a stakes place Philly for us. You know, she got, she won her first, I guess she didn't win her first race, but her first two wins came back to back at the fairgrounds when she was, uh, I believe it's, see, she was, she, uh, she, her first race is in January of 2017 and she, okay. she ran okay. She ran fourth in a maiden special weight. Then uh, we knew we, we, we had a shot to run her 50,000. So we, we gave her a little bit of a break. And she won a maiden, maiden 50, uh, February 26th in 2017. And then she came back and won an allowance in her next start later that March. Uh, so, you know, her first three races were down, were down there and you know, she went on to have a very successful career and it was a, you know, it was a good launching point, uh, for mm-hmm. her as well. Well, then and lady, so- lady, speaking of like maiden special weights and, and maidens getting going, like lady Aberdeen, uh, debut down there and from what uh, i and yes. i all i got text messages after that race went off every single person was like did you see her gallop out i'm like <laughs> i'm assuming yeah. <laughs> i watched the race so i'm assuming yeah she galloped out really really strong and we you know we never really expected that she was going to be a sprinter uh but we felt like it was a good a good place to get her started uh you know, we went with that maiden 50 option just to give her a slight break uh, from maiden special but had that maiden 50 not gone she would have gone in a maiden um, the maiden special but i, I do think that uh it, it worked out uh, quite well and you know as and as we always do when we send horses in a, in a claiming race especially you know young horses at the beginnings of their careers they you know a lot of the partners get very anxious and you know sometimes crazy things happen but and 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 we lose them but you know oftentimes especially for a tag like fifty thousand dollars um you know there's not very many horses taken on debut at 50. Uh, yeah. it happens but uh, we felt like uh, we had a good shot uh, to, to run her there and, and not lose her give her a good experience give her a good um, you know, really good first outing, and she got that. 
and galloped out very, very strong. And we'll be looking certainly to stretch her out uh, next time, sometime uh, likely in January as she just ran you know, on the 14th. So yeah, um, really looking forward to seeing what uh, what she does. And again, you know, Mike Frone, uh, he, he's won over the fairgrounds track, hoping that he can get, get going. Uh, Double Neat uh, had a solid debut against Baden Special Company going eight and a half. He ran sixth, but uh, ran it's really, a de- that, really I'm saying well. that, That's a deceiving number, I think, because people hear sixth and they oh, mid-pack, but it's like, that's a deceiving number because wasn't he last at some point? Or did, is that a different oh, yeah. race? No, he was he was all the way back to last through most of the race. And even yeah. at, at, when when they hit the stretch, when they when they came out of the, the turn, he was sitting in last and made up a ton of ground. And you know, I think he's gonna I think he's gonna relish going even longer. Um, just need to get some need to get some more starts under his belt. But uh, looking forward to seeing what he does uh, yeah. at the fairgrounds later this week. Yeah, it's exciting. I'm excited. Like it's always an exciting time when when these horses get going. It's been a while since we've had horses that can kind of do the the two year old late two year old start stretching. So this will be this will be interesting. Yeah, and absolutely. You know, I know we we came in and we were sitting. We're going to talk about the fairgrounds. We're talking about I know. all kinds of other <laughs> stuff. But that's that's what we do, and that's okay. Uh, you know, one one thing that. You know, you mentioned two-year-olds, and, and you know, we we don't have a ton of two-year-olds yeah. that run, especially early two-year-olds, because it's not typically the kind of horses that that we're buying. Yeah. Um. You know, and and you know, everybody that's been with us for a while knows that you know we don't push them, we don't try to make them do things that they're not ready to do, and so most of our horses, if they are two-year-olds, they are later, and and many of them aren't two-year-olds. But the the fact of the matter is that the vast majority of horses don't run at two years old. Yeah. Um, and, 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 and a much, much smaller amount even went ever went at two years old. Um, and, and Mark has done a, a ton of research on this and we're going to have him in uh, for an episode, uh, I think in, in you know, probably late January mm-hmm. and just talk about, talk with him about a lot of the research that he's done on, uh, on horses and when they run and how they run and, and just, you know, because I think there's there's this misconception that we and we hear all the time, oh, your horse didn't run it too. What's wrong? Why is it taking so long? Yeah. Well, again, most horses don't run it too. And I think a lot of that comes from you know how many times during I guess it was Justify's uh triple crown run. Oh he didn't run it too. Is it Justify that didn't run it too? Is that right? Yeah. The Apollo curse. Justified. Yeah, it's just fine. Yeah, yeah, he didn't run it too. He didn't run yep. it too. He didn't run it too. How can he win the Derby? And and again, it's something like twenty five percent of horses that yeah. run, which is well, you know, and I and I think fifty percent of the horses born even yeah. run it too. So yeah, well, and I think one of the things too that maybe sometimes um, gets mis a little bit misrepresented is there. You know, obviously, there's a lot of even now. There are there are triple crown prep races going <laughs> for two year olds. Believe it or not, like sure. the Springboard Mile just just recently went, and then it was ten points, and it was won by a uh, oh I forget who it is off the top. It's Auto. His name is Auto the Conqueror, but um you know it, it's a son. Of, it, I think he's a son of Street Sense, but like I think people see like these these big races and they're talked about because. It is remarkable when when you show that much ability so quickly, 
Um, so it, it gets talked about and people see a lot of coverage about it. Um, you know, especially if it's a, if it's a point, it's, if it, if it's a point prep race. Um, but I think sometimes you're right. It is, it is a little bit, not overblown, but it is a little overskewed as to how many of these horses actually race as two-year-olds and that the vast majority you will see will get rolling as, as three-year-olds. Um, I mean, even, I'm not going to talk about like the official birthdays and the January 1st birthday for all thoroughbreds and all that fun stuff, but <laughs> you know, but a lot of horses, I think people sometimes see them because the, these point races and these, you know, these, these listeds for, for the juveniles are, are a big deal, rightfully so, you know, everybody should have that time because it is hard to get to the races anyway. Um, you know, it's even harder to win a stakes race. So I think it's just overskewed. I think people sometimes panic a little bit because they're like, oh God, you know, he's going to start as a late three-year-old. It's like, it's fine. <laughs> we'll get there. We're okay. So, um, so yeah, I, I just think it's a little miscued sometimes. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that episode. I'm going to, we're going to have a good chat with, with Mark because he gets, when he gets fired up and he gets passionate about something, it's always a good episode. <laughs> uh, he, and I have a lot of content to work with. <laughs> yeah. He can dive into numbers and, and does just a tremendous, again, tremendous amount of research on, on things to, you know, just to, to help, help form, you know, his, his base of knowledge to, to help inform decisions and, and things of that nature. So he, mm. he knows a lot of, um, he knows what he's doing and, and he, he spends a lot of time and effort to, to make sure that he's extremely knowledgeable about what he needs to be knowledgeable about. So, yeah, which is a little bit of everything. <laughs> Well, then, speaking right. of claims and claimers, um, so they recently held, actually, this past, like, the last week of, uh, or last weekend of November or something like that, if I remember correctly, but they recently held the Claiming Crown, which, from what I have been told, is kind of described as, like, the Breeders' Cup for horses who used to be in, like, the claiming ranks and have kind of, or, or some of them are, still are, but kind of the horses that have kind of worked their way up to be, kind of be, like, the top of their class. And it was, and it was like the 25th one. And mm -hmm. interestingly enough, like it was being run at New Orleans for the first time in like 12 years or something like that. It had been a while. It had been a long time since the last time they had a claiming crown. I mean, again, it's New Orleans. It's a party. But it's, it's remarkable, like how many horses, like I don't think people realize how many like grade one or graded winners that we, like we, that you'll see like big publications write about. That at one point or another in their career started out as claiming horses. Yeah, absolutely. And, and it's and, amazing. Yeah, and, and it's, 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 this, the claiming crown really was created for horses like this, you know, because the vast majority of horses that horse races that are run every day in this country, they're, they're, they're claiming races. And this mm -hmm. is a, this was conceived as a way of, you know, giving these claiming horses, uh, these hard knocking blue collar horses, an opportunity to run for, for stakes and big purses. And, uh, you know, it's created, as you mentioned, about 25 years ago, it's 1999 uh, was when it was when it first ran. And initially, when it, it started, uh, it was held at, you know, so called smaller horses. Uh, or smaller tracks, horse tracks, you know, Canterbury Park, I believe was the first one. And it ran there for quite some time. Uh, and then, you know, they ran at Philly, uh, now Parks Racing. And it ran at Ellis Park uh, a couple of times in the fairgrounds. And then in 2012, for whatever reason, it ended up at Gulfstream Park. And then in 2022, it was, and it was there for like 10 years. Then, in, then it was at Churchill Downs and then back at, at, at the fairgrounds this year. 
I hate the fact, quite frankly, that it went to Gulfstream and stayed at Gulfstream than it ever went to Churchill. You know, those tracks get their big days yeah, with the big horses all the time. And for me, the claiming crown needs to be at smaller tracks where so many of these claiming horses are running every day. And not that, you know, not that they don't run at Gulfstream and, and Churchill Downs, but let's give some of these 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 diamonds in the rough, these little jewels racetracks like Canterbury Park and the fairgrounds and Ellis, let's give them the shot at uh, the big days like of the claiming crown. And um, that's my two cents worth. Uh, you know, just I'll, I'll let you talk a little bit more about uh, you know the, the horses and all that stuff because uh, you you know more about the claiming crown claiming crown I believe than I do. But uh, <laughs> I just had to get my I had to get my two cents worth in. Uh, well, I mean, and, and I can understand that frustration because, I mean, you're right. Like, places like Gulfstream and Churchill. Like, obviously, Churchill has the biggest, you know, two days of racing almost in the world in May. Um, you know, so they're on the spotlight. They're seen all the time. Same thing kind of with Gulfstream, where they now have the Pegasus Invitational stuff. Um, you know, so so the best and the brightest will always be down there anyway. So, but I... I also, I'm like, I'm just very attracted to the Claiming Crown because it is, like you said, it's that chance where the meat and potatoes of any racing stable finally gets their dues. Um, I think, I don't remember quite who told me, but I think I heard from, from a trainer once that it's not the stakes winner that props up your stable that runs once a month. It's the claimer that runs, you know, salt of the earth every two weeks, hits the board, pays their way. Like that's, you know, that's that's really kind of what props up a lot of stables. So I just, I I really enjoy the fact that they have their own big money day and that there's people who, like, prep for this. Like, it's so cool. Like, there are folks who prep for this, like, some of these big-time trainers and big-time stables, like, will prep for the Breeders' Cup. And it's so cool to hear kind of people, especially when we started doing, um, like, interviews. And, and, you know, we started ramping up our, our coverage of it so many people were just so jazzed about this and they were so excited that it was coming back to new orleans and i think somebody i, I talked to somebody um just kind of uh, offshoot off um on social media and i was talking to somebody about his entries in the claiming crown he goes i am so excited i'm gonna stuff my face with beignets and i'm gonna eat so much food <laughs> while i'm down there and i'm like don't forget to show up and saddle your horses so i mean people were people are jazzed for this and um it's always fun to hear kind of some of the, the backstories of how people, um, like what, what people had to do to kind of win their horses. Um, so like there's a runner called, um, time for trouble that, uh, and I'll, and I'll, I'll check the results in a bit. Cause I don't remember off the top of my head if he won or not, but the owner had to win a 13 way shake to, to get this horse. And, wow. We've, I mean, we've been in our own crazy number of shakes. So like the higher that number goes for the listeners who don't know, the higher that number goes, the more people have all dropped in on this claim. Um, so to win a 13 way shake is remarkable. And it's even more remarkable in, in situations where people have won like 45 and 50 way shakes. I've heard sometimes before. So, you know, box office, these, these claiming boxes get busy. They Absolutely. get busy. And you'll tell. Like, you can tell when the claiming crown is coming because, like, the the races where horses that are in, that are in the entries, they could qualify for the claiming crown. You will suddenly see, like, five, six 
you know, seven horses. If it's a big field, seven horses claimed out of that race at once. Sure. Some owners will claim two or three at once out of the same race. They or they'll claim, you know, four across the whole the card that day. Like people get very, very excited for this. And I think it's cool. I think it's cool that something that doesn't necessarily, you know, showcase the best in the world gets this much excitement mm -hmm. or at least equal excitement as something that like the Breeders' Cup that does showcase the best in the world. Yeah. And, you know, it, 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 it encompasses horses at, at, at various levels, too. Just if you're not familiar with it, you know, there, there are races for uh, you know, there's sprints, there's uh, routes, there are turf, there's dirt. Um, you have some where the, they have to run for a claiming price of $7,500 or less. And then uh, the glass slipper is 12 and a half, uh, 12,500 or less. And it's for fillies and mares. Uh, then you got one for 16,000 or less. That's seven furlongs on the dirt. And then the others are uh, $25,000 uh, claiming prices. So, you know, you've got a variety of levels, so you don't have to, you know, and, 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 and I think the most that they have the highest claim price that you go to run for is 35,000. So, you know, if you've been running at allowance optional fifties at Churchill for a $50,000 tag, you don't get to run in, yeah. in the claiming crown. It's, it's for horses that have been running at a, at a, at a, at a lower level. Mm -hmm. And again, it just to give them, give these blue collar horses their due. I would love to see it stretched out, uh, you know, have some more races uh, with more, more conditions. Cause it's primarily mm -hmm. it's, 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 three-year-old and up uh, colts and geldings or horses and geldings and just a couple races for fillies and mares. Uh, would love to see them add a few more for fillies and mares, but mm. um, you know, it is, it's, it's been basically these eight races for uh, since the beginning. So yeah, it's probably, it's probably what we're, we're what, where we are, but it's, uh, uh, it, it, it's still regardless of, it, it could be better, but it's still a fantastic, fantastic event. Yeah. Well, and it's, you know, something that, and, and it's in, you know, and, and it's not to say that horses who, and we say kind of the lower, you know, blue collar folks, it's not to say that some of these horses aren't regally bred. It's just that they have not fit into the like original mm -hmm. program that I think people imagine for them when they went for 400, 500, $600,000. Um, yep. You know, they had a half sibling to Olympiad uh, racing. It was a half or full, they had a sibling to Olympiad racing. And. You know, and and it's it's remarkable where it's like you know the same the same mayor there. I think they were two or three years apart. It's like Olympiad earns three million dollars, and I think the horse's name is Mau Mau, which I love that name. <laughs> and you know, Mau Mau lost um, his first six starts and was in a thirty thousand claimer. You know, so it's it's interesting. It's like you will see these horses who are bred purple, who are technically you know the blue collar, hard working you know, sibling of the family is what we want to call them. So it's very, mm. it's very interesting to see kind of the, I guess the gathering and, and the different kind of backgrounds that you'll get at the claiming crown. It makes for a very interesting story for sure. Yeah. I, I just pulled up the, you know, some of the PPs of some of the ones this that ran, uh, that were nominated at least uh, yeah. in this, in this pad. And, you know, there's, there's owners and trainers here. I've never heard of. Yeah. Um, along with Mike Maker and yep. Mike Maker and, uh, you know, Joe Sharp and, you know, a lot of other I think very I saw, well, you know, Robert yeah. Tino, Diodoro, I, say, I saw Diodoro Yeah. 
So you got all all just you know trainers that are just again you know that 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 are just the mom and pop type training operations that are just you know working hard every day trying to make ends meet uh you know coming up against uh, the the biggest and best in the in in in, in the industry so it's just a, it's it's mm-hmm. a very neat uh very neat um event yeah well, this was. Let's get it. Let's get it at Belterra Park. Come on. <laughs> I mean, if there's no more hard knocking uh, place than that, how yeah. great would that be? Well, and, and Belterra kind of is is if we want to make that analogy, like Belterra kind of is the quintessential claimer who has risen from humble beginnings, and and has kind of made themselves like a nice little allowance horse. <laughs> like I, I'd probably put Belterra because it is it's nice. Like we laugh, haha, but like. If you've gone and you've seen the changes they've made and the effort they've put into maintaining this track and even the backside where I have some opinions on the conditions of some of these <laughs> fancy uh, fancy tracks who shall remain nameless just so we don't get sued. I, you know, when you go to Belterra, it's it's so beautiful. Like it really is. And it, it just shows when the trainers are out there and it's and they, they love where they are. And it's so colorful and it's so, you know, just, just, well, it's just, it's very community feel. So I agree with you. I would like to see it at Belterra as well. That would be very interesting. Or, or Turfway Park or, you know, some of these, yeah. again, just smaller, well, of course, Turfway, they're not, not going to do it at Turfway because there's no turf track and it's not, but I guess they could just run them all on the poly. Um, but, yeah. but anyway, uh, yeah, let, let's, let's spread it around. Uh, Churchill and Gulfstream and, and, you know, th- those, those places, they, they, they get, they get their dues. They get their due. They get they get yeah. their days in the sun all the time. Yep. And I'm just going through all these, uh, uh, and I'm seeing a lot of horses, a couple horses that we, here's one that we tried to claim years and years ago, several years ago, but we didn't. Uh, we didn't get it. We lost it on the shake. Saw a couple of our horses that were nominated uh, yep. that, we, that had been claimed from us. Um, so recognize a whole lot of these, uh, horses yeah. that were, that were nominated in this past, uh, in this past uh, rendition. So, oh yeah. Well, Patty, I've got to, um, I got to do some Christmas shopping. Yeah. I'll hear you say you might end up in the doghouse, friend. If we don't have anything <laughs> for Christmas. <laughs> so, uh, so let's, let's, uh, let's, let's wish everyone a happy holiday season and, um, uh, let's wrap this sucker up. Yeah. Absolutely. So, you know, as we kind of said earlier, we're coming up on the holiday season. So, you know, thank you to everybody who who tunes in, who has listened to us. We'll I'll have some statistics for everybody in our year in review, uh, kind of just how the podcast did. Because I would like to brag about my brainchild. Um, Absolutely. But I so, you know, but so make sure that you come back for the new year and you tune in for that one. That's going to be interesting. But also tune in for our next episode. We're going to have our holiday special. Um, we are going to, we're going to find out if Jared got those presents or not, <laughs> but again, it's not, so I don't go off on a tangent cause it's the holidays. I'm feeling, I'm feeling Christmassy, but, uh, thanks again. Thanks for everybody who tunes in and listens. We appreciate you guys. Make sure you're following us on all of our social medias. We're under pocket aces racing everywhere, no matter where you type it in, including some of the new ones we're working on getting set up on some of these newer platforms, but there's so much stuff now that it's hard to keep tabs on. Uh, make sure that you're following our YouTube. Make sure you hit that bell for the notifications. And that's it, guys. As I've told you guys before, and I've told you guys all year, have a happy Wednesday. Make good choices. The podcast is out. <laughs>